What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Pitch presented by Deep Dive Sports. As always, I'm your host, Dom, and I'm joined by Chase and Zach. Hello. Hello. Good to be back. Good to have you guys back. So we got a little bit of a different episode for you guys tonight. We're each going to take a turn building out our all-time starting 11. So really, at just there's no time limit or no time frame. It could be, you know, players going back to, you know, mid-1800s if you want to, all the way up until <laughs> present day. <laughs> um, whatever formation you want, it's kind of just whatever you want to do. There's really no rules to it. So I guess we can get it started. We'll go section by section, start with the keepers, then defense, midfield, and attack. We'll each take our turn, you know, going through each position group, and we'll go from there, probably uh, critique each other's lineups a little bit. But we'll start with uh, we'll start with Zach on this. Who is, who's your goalkeeper? Let's start with goalkeeper. Yeah, let's do it. So I was between a few. I ended up settling on Manuel Noya. Obviously, has all the accolades you could possibly want 10 league titles five league cups two champions leagues a world cup in that world cup he kept a clean sheet against Messi's argentina over 120 minutes that speaks for itself and just for my money the most complete keeper of all time a ridiculously good shot stopper the best reflexes i've seen on a keeper for some reason also a playmaker (laughs) can get assists with his goal kicks which is always great to see. Uh, and I think the most iconic sweeper keeper, he's not the first to do it, but I think he repopularized the idea. I think he did it a little more extreme than anyone had done in recent years, going all the way to midfield to win the ball back and dribble past players. Yeah, I think he had every attribute and he's won everything. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's really no no complaints there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's one of the best goalkeepers of all time. Chase, what, who's your goalkeeper? Well, Manuel Neuer is not the best goalkeeper of all time. I think he, he, yeah. he's definitely up no, there. no, 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 no. Yeah, for me, I think I got to go with Iker Casillas as my goalkeeper, to be honest. I mean, just as a Barcelona fan, I can't help but give him some recognition as being just undeniably one of the greatest goalkeepers I've ever watched. Just completely unstoppable on his day, pulled out some of the most ridiculous saves I've ever seen. And he's got the accolades to go along with it. I mean, he doesn't have as many as some of the other keeps that I'm sure, you know, like Manuel Neuer and, you know, Dom, whatever your keep's going to be. But, I mean, he's got like four or five Champions League. He's got a couple of uh, Ligas under his name, a couple of Rays. He's got them all. He's got all the titles. Done really well with Spain. So, I mean, he's got the most international clean sheets of of any goalkeeper to ever play the game. And, uh, like I said, I mean – Growing up, when I was watching, it was I, it's it was hard for me because I almost wanted to say Kaylor Navas, <laughs> just because it, on his day, Kaylor was for Real Madrid was the bane of Barcelona's existence, and uh, Casillas was the bane of every team's existence when it came down to it when they were up against him. So until he hit an unfortunate stride in the end of his career, I think he was hands down one of the better performing keepers that have ever played the game. I will say um, Manuel Neuer has obviously arguably never had a real, I mean, he's had a couple of bad games. They all do, but not a slump. Um, and he's still going to this day. So I like your shout there. Yeah. yeah I'm never going to forget Casillas's international cup runs at the Euros and the World Cup, mm-hmm. like 2008, 2010, and 2012. Like you said, it was the most frustrating thing to watch. Because usually I was rooting against Spain if they were playing Germany, obviously. But even when they weren't, just because they were the favorites, I wanted them to lose. And he just 
he refused to concede. <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> well, Chase, I think you were looking at my lineup because we actually have the same goalkeeper. So, hey. Yeah, yeah, great minds think alike, I guess. You know, for, for the same reasons why you chose him, I mean, the, the accolades speak for themselves. So it's really no point of just adding on to whatever you already said. So moving on to the defenders, let's start off with, you know, what formation are you guys using? And then, you know, let's start defenders. So um, we'll start with Chase on this. Yeah, I'll go back to back. So I'm actually playing. Well, we started started with Zach the first time. So I'll start with you this time. I got you. I got you. I'm actually playing a, a three, one, four, two. We're going with the three back here. I wanted to go with a four back, but. I just I don't know. The only for me, the only sensible player to put in a in a back position listing on the all time greats would be Roberto Carlos. And some people could say Philip Lom, as I'm sure Zach is going to. But I don't know. For me, it was just kind of felt like a three back fit. So I'm going to the three one four two starting off. It doesn't really matter where they play. I feel like this 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 line is going to be solid. Um, but we've got left center back uh, Sergio Ramos. You just, you can't leave him out. I mean, you can, I guess, if you, you know, if you don't respect football. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sergio Ramos is, is playing left center back. Obviously, one of, I don't know, just one of the most well-known, well-respected play for the badge center backs that I've ever seen and, and, and grown up with watching one of the most frustrating people to just constantly be a hindrance to whoever he's playing against, whether it's, putting in the most decisive yellow card tackle you've ever seen or red card tackle that somehow still wins Spain or Real Madrid the game because he's just that in-depth with the center back play. But um, playing a sweeper, I've got Maldini. I mean, you can't live out Maldini in your in your all-time greatest. I feel like he's got to be a staple in every lineup. Literally, literally the most aggressive center back to ever play the game. And yet one of the most defensively sound and tactical center backs you will ever see. I'm not really going through accolades here because we've got a lot to go through, but as my right center back, I'm also going with a Spanish center back by the name of Carlos Puyol, one of the greatest Barca center backs of all time. And for me, just one of the, I think he makes it into this lineup because Sergio Ramos and Maldini have are obviously great team leaders. I feel like, I genuinely feel like Puyol was the greatest of the team leaders in a center back position. And not only that, but he was single, so almost single-handedly carrying Barcelona's back line for a very long time and could do it very easily, pull a team together, pull a team from whatever position down and back. And I feel like he's, he's a staple for me and it could be a little Barcelona bias that I didn't include somebody else here, but I, I couldn't leave him out of my list. So that's my my three. I've got Sergio Ramos, Maldini, and Carlos Puyol. Okay. I was about to ask if you were just going to do a Barcelona all-time 11. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to pick up on a trend here. <laughs> but, Zach, uh, who, who are your defensemen? Yeah, I think uh, that was really solid back three, Chase. Don't see anything wrong with that, even though mine does differ. But I also did go with a back four, um, overall a 4-3-3. And a lot of that is just because I'm personally a huge fan of fullbacks uh, in the modern day. And that's the ones I'm kind of shouting out here are the ones that helped evolve the game to where it's at now, where fullbacks are such a pivotal position. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like you said, Chase, obviously <laughs> playing Roberto Carlos at left back. There's <laughs> no debate that he was the most attacking fullback of all time. He had 
better crossing and a better shot on him than pretty much any attacker at the time. He is, for my money, the greatest free kick specialist ever. People will throw out Juninho. That's a fair shout as well. But he's definitely one of the top two best free kick takers of all time as a fullback. And just looking at what we have today, if you look at the ideal fullback today, it's someone who can combine that strong defending with speed, with dribbling, with set piece abilities, with crossing, with long shots if it's necessary. So he was doing that way before it was even required. And now that is considered the ideal player at that position. Obviously, he won that World Cup. And yeah, just overall a thrilling player to watch. That's something that has always stuck with me from watching some of those World Cup games. And then on the other side at right back, I do have Philip Baum. Um, <laughs> obviously, he played at right back, at center back, at left back, at CDM. For my money, one of the smartest players of all time. Don't take my money for it. Pep Guardiola called him the most intelligent <laughs> player he's ever managed. So that's coming from Pep, not from me. And again, it just has all of the accolades, crucially including that World Cup where he was a pivotal figure in controlling that defense against, um, again, against Argentina, managing to keep a clean sheet there. A fierce leader, someone who liked to take the game forward, would learn a new play style when it was required of him. And yeah, so that's who I've got on the wings. And then my center backs, Maldini is, it's, there's no question there. I don't have to add on to what you said. He is the most iconic defender of all time. He turned the cliche that we have now of Italian defenders. It exists because of him. Mm -hmm. Last thing I'll throw out there is Fat Ronaldo listed him as the absolute toughest defender he ever faced. So <laughs> that's about as good of an endorsement as anyone could give. I'm just going to leave it at that. And then my other center back is actually one of two players on this list that I don't remember watching live, more so a 70s and 80s defender. It is Franz Beckenbauer of West Germany, won that World Cup in 1974, which was a massive one for just football in Germany. It was in the midst of, you know, East and West Germany existing. It was a huge achievement at that time. He won two Ballon d'Ors. He's the only defender to ever win two Ballon d'Ors. Uh, he ended up later on, winning the World Cup with Germany as a manager after he won it as a player. He secured them the host rights in 2006. So he's partially here because he just is the most iconic figure in German football, even outside of his playing career. And upon researching this, I actually read some interesting articles about how he popularized the role of a sweeper as a defender. So someone who will actively try to disrupt the attack as opposed to kind of sit back and react. So that's kind of what his legacy is in the football world. And that's my back four. Cool. Yeah. I, again, no complaints. I, I feel like that's going to be a common theme. There, there's <laughs> so many good players, you know, throughout the history of the game that, you know, you, you can't really go wrong with your lineup. But my formation is a little bit different. It's more of a three, one, two, three, one. Kind of interesting. I got, <laughs> so I got three, what? three defenders. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it, so explaining this formation, I got three defenders, a center defensive mid, two midfielders, a false nine, two wingers, and a striker. Okay. I don't know. I, kinda, I, kinda just, I like that. Yeah. I, I, I almost went with that, and I was going I – was, I was almost going to give with that to put a center mid pairing together, <laughs> but I ended up doing that. Uh, so I know you're going there, but I really thought you were going three one 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 four. <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost did. I almost did. <laughs> so my, my three defenders, I ended up going with one center back and two, two fullbacks. So on the left, I got Ashley Cole, center back Sergio Ramos. And on the right, I got Philip Mom. 
Oh, he makes it into both of you. <laughs> I want to hear Ashley Cole. That's an interesting choice. It, 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 he's, I think he's just one of the better Premier League fullbacks of all time. I mean, the, the stats kind of just speak for themselves. He won three Premier Leagues with Chelsea. He's scored 15 goals throughout his career, which for, you know, when he played fullbacks weren't really required to really attack that much. But, you know, a career tackle success rate of 74%. He was just a solid defender, really no flaws in his game. He wasn't really going to go change the game, you know, in attack, but he helped solidify a really solid defense. And then Sergio Ramos and Philip Lum for the same reasons why you guys mentioned earlier. So a little different had what like 587 career games and no red cards yeah he had zero yes, red that, cards that's impressive that's as, that's really impressive as a d- defensive minded one of the greatest regarded as one of the greatest defensive minded and defensive playing players of all time yeah T- tactically sound just mindfully sound just ridiculous but um i stuck true to my you know i'm playing a three at the back i'm gonna put three center backs in there <laughs> whatever dom Hey, that's you know you can you can make your lineup however you want if you want to put five center backs you can i don't know why you would but if you wanted to you could All right, I'm not, we're gonna do a starting 11 of center backs next week stay tuned <laughs> i got ronald coleman up front it's <laughs> not a bad shout actually right all right so moving on to the midfield zach who is in your midfield all right i got a little carried away because if they lose the ball, we're in trouble. No one's tracking back, but I don't uh-huh. think we're going to lose the ball, so we should be fine. <laughs> well, that's not entirely true. I have one player who I think will track back if necessary and play a little bit of a CDM if it's needed, and that is Zinedine Zidane. My goodness. I Growing up in Germany, obviously, I never enjoyed the French national team, but I was just always you know, jaw-dropped in absolute admiration of what this man could do. The World Cup in 1998 got to be his greatest achievement. It was against the Brazil team that had Ronaldo, Rivaldo, Cafu, Roberto Carlos. I mean, that was an insane victory, and it was dominant. Uh, he obviously did also win a Ballon d'Or. And it's just, I think it's it's his influence. Um, just in kind of researching him again, there's quotes from Beckham, from Xavi, from Hazard, from Roberto Carlos, all listing him as the greatest player they've ever seen. Uh, Ronaldinho listed him as his idol. And just his play style, he was so versatile and what allowed him to be so versatile when it came to the basics of the game, he mastered everything. His touch was perfect. It doesn't matter where the ball's coming from, like how quickly it's coming. He can control it immediately. He can pass it one touch immediately. He can shoot one touch immediately. His vision was exceptional. His shooting was on another level. His positioning was always perfect, whether he was playing as kind of like a like a 10 or whether he was forced to kind of play further back in the midfield. And he was the greatest leader that I've seen. I mean, he was such a motivational presence. He was such a strong captain. Um, and he, he played on teams with huge egos, but he was always the one that people would look to for guidance. He was the one who could tell you off if you needed telling off. And obviously, it might not be considered his like greatest moment, but... It's always going to be his most iconic, that World Cup final against Italy. He, he chips in a penalty off the crossbar and then just headbutts a guy for a red card and heads out, and that's his farewell game. And that's, at the time watching it, I think it encapsulated everything because he played a perfect game. He took the leadership to get them back into the game with that penalty, 
And then, you know, he, he was a bit of a hothead and he, he got sent off. Um, but yeah, just a, yeah, just a mind blowing player, everything about him. And a lot of that he's carried over into management as well that we've seen his composure and his leadership. So that's my first one. And then moving into Ronaldinho again, won that world cup, won that Ballon d'Or. And for my money, Without a shadow of a doubt, the most skilled player of all time and the player that had the highest peak. Now, the problem is he didn't stay up there very long due to off the pitch things, due to some injuries, due to some lack of discipline. But when he was at his peak, no one has seen anything like that before. The kind of dribbling, the kind of skill moves and the kind of just I'm having fun playing football and winning attitude that he brought to the game. That was revolutionary. And it came at a perfect time to where the game was becoming more global. And so for five, six years there, he was football across the world because that's what people wanted to see. You could tune in as someone who had never seen a game of football before, and he would make you fall in love with it just by the way he played, the smiles, the moves he was doing. And yeah, so obviously one of the most iconic figures. So even if his peak wasn't very long, I think the impact he had through that and also, you know, the players that he influenced, people like Messi, that kind of an influence has lasted forever and players will continue to pass that along. And that's going to be a legacy that never dies. And, you know, when we're talking about legacies, my last midfielder is Diego Maradona. Um, Here we go. You know, Messi himself said, even if I played for a million years, I'd never come close to Maradona. Not that I'd even want to. He's the greatest there's ever been. So anyone that Messi is saying that about, even if obviously he's got a bit of an Argentine bias, that's quite the endorsement. Um, this is the second player I selected that I never, you know, was able to enjoy watching live, but watching his old games back, I have to say he looks like the most dominant player of the era because it just, it's hilarious. It looks like a man playing with toddlers that no one can stop him. They're trying to studs up red cart injure tackle him and he's not falling over. He never loses the ball. He just keeps running around, running around and then he scores inevitably. And these, these aren't World Cup games. These aren't just like friendlies. He was charismatic. Again, his footballing ability, just his first touch, his natural connection with the ball, I would say is second only to Ronaldinho. He obviously had such a huge personality and, you know, again, led that team to a World Cup that they probably, by all rights, by all talent distribution, should not have won. But yeah, he, he was able to get it done. So those are my three. That I, yeah. Um- I'm really here for that Maradona pick. He, he's, you know, one of my favorite footballers. You know, if, if I can go back in time and watch any footballer, I would, I would definitely go back in time and watch him play live. Agreed. Agreed. Great, great pick. Was that a cheeky jab at uh, Pele there with the friendliest quote? Or? It actually <laughs> wasn't a jab, but a good moment for me to disclaim. I didn't pick Pele because I just, that's really hard to know how good he was. <laughs> Yeah, um, right. Yeah, spoiler alert. Also, didn't pick Pele. When you change your goal <laughs> differential every fucking five years, I I tend to not think you were that good. So I liked your midfield though. Yeah, it's I mean, really good. Too. I mean, you're about to find out in a couple of minutes here. Mine doesn't too far off of yours. So that Ronaldinho, that Ronaldinho pick. He, I feel like he genuinely. I mean, you made a good point. He probably had the greatest peak of any footballer. I mean, if you exclude the bias of a peak like Messi's peak scoring 92 goals in a calendar year. Obviously Mm -hmm. that will never be beat again, but Ronaldinho's peak of all around football, just goal scoring, dribbling, game creation, tactics, mindfulness, beautiful play, tiki taka. 
I, I mean, that'll never be seen again. And I, it's, I mean, it's unfortunate that it was only for a, a couple of games because he started doing cocaine and prostitutes <laughs> in the back rooms. But you're saying, you're saying, genuinely one of the most enjoyable players to ever watch in that moment of time. And even when he wasn't, when he was still on his way back down, or when he was, when people were saying he was on his way back down, which he was arguably, he was still putting up. Just amazing performances. Just one of the greatest dribblers of the ball. One of the most beautiful players to ever see. So I really like that pick. He didn't, he unfortunately, didn't make it into my 11, but I'll, I'll stand by that Ronaldinho 100%. Moving move it in, moving in. Yeah. To, who, to, tell us about your midfield. We got a little controversial one here to start off the, the center mid CDM role. Okay. It's not no Sergio Busquets, but it is a name of Andres Iniesta. <laughs> <laughs> playing center mid in the greatest starting 11 of all time. I had a toss up here. I wanted to put Xavi and Iniesta together because for me, they're always the greatest center mid pairing of all. There's a little bit of bias there. I'm just going to be straight up honest. There's a lot of debate on you can actually say is the greatest center mid pairing of all time, but I'm always going to say Xavi. And, and for me, I feel like Xavi or Iniesta was just the greatest playmaker of of, of of my generation when it came to midfielders. He was he was everything you could ever want. He was everything you could ever ask. And he won everything. He did everything for the national team. He won everything for Barcelona. He was he was in the midfield. He was up front, but he was, I mean, he's the exact definition of what you need in that midfield. The 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 game design, the game mapping, the creation, the skill, the technique, just everything that you need from a center mid came in Andres Iniesta. And not only was he able to do that for one of the greatest Barcelona squads to ever play the game, but he did it for years and years and years. And it wasn't just, you know, a good season or a good couple of seasons. It was a good season after a good season after a good season over and over again. And just encapsulated my childhood and forever will be one of the greatest players to ever play the game for me. So he's, he's the, the number one midfielder for me. And <clears throat> I'm just going to glaze over the next two because it's, I also have Zinedine Zidane and Maradona in my midfield. I mean, there's just, th- those are the two players, Zidane and Maradona. I feel like they just, in any squad that you make, they have to be included somewhere. It, 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 even if you make a, a 22, a starting 22, they're on the bench. They, you just can't not mention them. They're the, they're the greatest players to almost arguably ever play a game. And I mean, even if you never watched them live, you know about them. You could have been born four days ago and you know about Zinedine Zidane and Maradona I, if you're born to a football family. So you just, you can't leave them out. So that's my, that's my midfield. I've got Andres Iniesta, Zinedine Zidane and Maradona. I like that Iniesta pick. I, yeah. I will say Oftentimes when I was watching Barca, I was rooting against them growing up because a lot of time it was in the Champions League. And what I'll never forget about Iniesta and the same thing for Spain is you could never, I was never able to relax. I could not sit back because he could have the ball behind midfield, five players around him. And there's a very good chance he's going to find that magical pass that leads to a goal. You can never sit back. You can never feel confident in the game because you know the midfield's lost just because Iniesta's there. His vision, his, yeah, I think his vision and his ability to find any angle of pass just is unmatched. I would say that. Yeah, I agree 100%.
But moving on to my midfield, this is where I differ from you guys completely. So went with a little bit of controversy. I was thinking about putting in Iniesta, but I figured both of you guys would have. So I wanted to go with someone a little bit different. Slippy G? No, no. So starting at center defensive midfielder, the pride of Irish football, Roy Keane. Wow. I like it. I love it. (laughs) It hurts me a little bit to pick him as a City fan, but you got to give credit where credit's due. He's arguably one of – he's definitely a top five center defensive midfielder of all time. I mean, just his ability just to lock down the midfield, get the ball, and like help set up the offense. He's not going to go score you any goals, but he's just just a calming factor knowing that you got him. He'll drop back. Your defense is going to be pretty all right. He'll get the ball and get it to the more attacking players. So Roy Keane at center defensive midfield. Then my two midfielders, I got Andrea Pirlo. Oh, and then I like that. Yeah, I'm gonna butcher this name, but Mateus. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Mateus. Yeah. That's a great pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Difficult name for me to pronounce, but wow, he just an amazing, amazing midfielder. I mean, he just he can do it all. He can come back on defense and help out there. He can set up the attack and just create chances and then Pirlo's just played the played the game beautifully I mean doesn't get much better than him at midfield I almost I almost put in David Silva my city (laughs) bias was showing a little bit but I he almost made my roster but that's my midfield okay moving on a lot we can't move on from Pirlo that quickly someone sing perfect phrases Chase all right all right let me hear it I mean a cheeky Pirlo in the all-time starting 11. You might be the only madman to ever do it, but I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, the way that he played the game, the way that he could play any game that Pirlo wanted to play when Pirlo wanted to play it. Yep. Oh, man. I mean, like, cheeky. Talk about players that that you don't genuinely think about when you're thinking about one of the greatest players to ever play the game. And I'm speaking genuinely, like generally. But when you think about it, he really was one of the greatest midfielders to play the game and mm-hmm. a, a really underrated player. I mean, he's 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 done it all for everything. He's put it all on the line for every badge he's played for until he went to the MLS. A uh, little. <laughs> well, <laughs> little, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I feel like moving there. over to the MLS is like the part of everyone's career that we, we don't really mention this. Yeah. But man, what a Yeah. That caught me off guard a little bit, but I like that a lot. I mean, a lot. I of, figured it would. A lot of a I, lot I of props for the yeah. just genuinely the coolest player I've ever watched. Like, just <laughs> oh, absolutely, gets to the game in like an Armani suit with a bottle of wine, and on the pitch, just so cool. He never looks stressed. He plays the most ridiculous passes and just starts walking back because he knows it's a goal. He <laughs> chips down the middle against Joe Hart in a penalty shootout. Like, he doesn't care. He knows he's good. He knows he's going to beat you. I loved his swagger. Absolutely. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, wanna, I wanted to make a quick comment on the Lothar Matthias pick there. He was in my starting 11, and I ended up dropping him for Andres Inia, so... I like. That I mean, if he's well. gonna if he's gonna be dropped from a starting eleven for any player, it makes sense to drop him for Iniesta. So yeah, not yeah. gonna give well, you a hard time on that one. One of the one of the greatest, most I would say, most well rounded midfielders to ever play the game, Matthias, and just consistency, consistency, consistency from him. Absolutely. 
So moving on to the attack, this is this is the the exciting part for me. But we'll start with Chase on this. Who's who's in your attack? So <laughs> I wa- I wonder who. <laughs> so <laughs> Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney. No. Oh, I um, thought it was going to be messy, messy, messy. <laughs> well, we'll start off here. So we've got technically they're mids, but we're putting them at wingers because they're not playing at mid. So we'll go with right right wing, how I'm going to call it, in this 3-1-4-2 that I'm playing. It's Lionel Messi. I, I mean, it was always going to be Lionel Messi. It's always going to be Lionel Messi. As long as the game exists, the best right wing to ever play the game, the best – he was the best center forward to ever play the game for a year. I mean – That's false nine, yeah. <laughs> best false nine to ever play. And, you know, I could probably still give it to that if Benzema wasn't playing the game. So – Right, right wing, we're going with Lionel Messi, just obviously one of the greatest players to ever play the game. The greatest player in a lot of players' minds, or a lot of fans' minds to ever play the game. One of the greatest scoring records of all time, one of the most trophies of all time, behind, obviously, Danny Alves, the greatest right back of all time, who didn't make it to my list, but (laughs) (laughs) still dumbfounds me to this day that he has the most trophies of any player to ever play Danny Alves, but um, it shows his true form. But yeah, Lionel Messi's playing right wing for me. And at left wing, we've got to go with Cristiano Ronaldo. And obviously he would play striker, but there's so many strikers that go through this game. And there's so many that can be regarded as the GOAT striker of all time. And so he doesn't make it at striker, but he does make it at left wing. He played a good amount of time at left wing at Real Madrid. So felt like it was a good fit for him to, to kind of slot him in there. Um, again, the, the Messi-Ronaldo debate. Ronaldo, widely regarded as one of the greatest players to ever play, the highest goal-scoring record of any player to ever play the game, unless you're Pele, apparently. But only Pele says that. So, I mean, you can't leave him out of your starting 11. If you want to score goals, you're going to score goals, especially if you have Andres Iniesta in the midfield supplying him the passes. So, (laughs) we got him at left wing. And then we got two strikers up front, and I was a little questionable about one of my strikers. I wasn't really sure who to go with. There was a lot to scan through. My first striker is obviously Fat Ronaldo, R9 Ronaldo, the greatest striker, in my opinion, to ever play the game. Just the ultimate epitome of a striker, who you want at striker. He can dribble on the ball. He can create chances on the ball. He can score with a half an inch whether he weighs 170 pounds or 265 pounds, it doesn't matter. If you put him on the pitch and you put him at striker, he's going to score a goal. He's going to make a chance. And he's just, he's going to wrap up the game for you. That's what he did. That's what he's always done. And obviously he had stints at both Barcelona and Real Madrid. I'm talking about Real Madrid. Um, <laughs> Fat Ronaldo here. But there's no way he doesn't get in my starting 11. And Probably the most controversial member of my starting 11 is my other striker, one by the name of Johan Cruyff. I just, there's a little bit of Barcelona bias here. I'm not going to lie. If Just a little bit. If, if, and I will say if, I did not pick a two-striker formation, you would not have made this lineup. But I felt like going through strikers and thinking about strikers that I've ever seen play, game-defining game-changing strikers, I feel like Johan Cruyff is the one to not only change the game on the pitch, but off the pitch, after he's done on the pitch, just one of the most revolutionary players to ever touch the field. I I mean, he's got game styles, the way teams play based off of him. 
and the way that he played and entire teams and nations played based mm-hmm. off of the way that he used to play the game. And so for that reason, I feel like he just had to be in my starting 11, obviously one of the best strikers that Barcelona has ever seen. So that, that within itself was one of the biggest reasons to put him in there. But just the fact of his, his accolades outside of even not just touching the game, the way he revolutionized Barcelona as a whole, the way he revolutionized the Dutch national team as a whole. Um, it, it just, I couldn't leave him out. I couldn't. So uh, there, there we go. My full starting 11, a three, one, four, two, Iker Casillas at goalkeeper, Sergio Ramos, Maldino and Pulio as a three center halves. Iniesta, Zinedine Zidane, Maradona, Ronaldo, Messi, Ronaldo, R9 Ronaldo, and Johan is my all-time star. Look, I think that Kroos okay. is totally deserved. Like you said, from a football landscape, he definitely changed the game, even individually. I mean, it's called the Cruyff turn. He was out there inventing whole new ways to dribble the ball. Like, that deserves a shout-out. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, no complaints there. I agree 100%. But moving on to Zach, who is in your attack? Yeah, so this is going to be a little bit of deja vu for all of y'all. But (laughs) on the right side, we've got Leo Messi. Uh, And there's genuinely no debate. Um, Again, I mean, he collects Ballon d'Or like they're Pokemon. What's he up to? Seven now? (laughs) What are you talking about? I mean, I don't have to talk about his technical ability. We're all part of the generation that we're blessed to watch him play. It's on the level of some of the greatest, but what makes it even better is that he can do it for a decade and more. And that, I mean, it's genuinely unprecedented. And the fact that he can do that, he can be the best player on the pitch, on any pitch, and still play so selflessly. I think that's what's always impressed me is that he'll always make that extra pass if it's a better decision. He will do what it requires to do for the team. He'll learn a new position if that's what's required. I mean, and he's... he's one of the two most iconic names in football today, which brings us to my left wing, which is Cristiano Ronaldo. I think when it comes to just being an icon of the game, a lot of this is due to just clever marketing on his part too, but he is- about the Shopee ad? (laughs) Shopee. (laughs) Well, look, you say football here, you say football in South Africa, you say football in Pakistan, you say football anywhere. Someone's going to say Cristiano Ronaldo. He is, Mm -hmm. again, just such an icon of the game. Obviously, his Champions League achievements are what are always pointed out, rightfully so, because it's ridiculously impressive. Um, I think that one European Cup is also just a massive achievement. Um, And yeah, he's he's incredibly versatile. He's He's another player that was so willing to learn different positions if that was going to help the team he's going to figure it out uh i think what really sets him apart um and i don't think there's a lot of debate about this he is the hardest working footballer of all time no one puts harsher restrictions on themselves as far as diet goes no one works out the way he does no one preserves their body the way he does we're at 37 he's still able to do what he does now i think that pure dedication to the game even more than natural ability which he has a lot of as well but you could easily say there's more than 11 players that have more natural ability than him, but no one has that work ethic and that just fierce desire to win. So there was no way he was ever going to miss out on this. And then with those two as wingers, we've got a lot of room in the middle, which is good because we're going to need a lot of room because we've got R9 Ronaldo <laughs> plodding down there. Um, but no, all of those jokes aside, genuinely, he is the greatest striker of all time. That's again, I don't want to bring my opinion to the, to the, to the field that's what Messi has said that's what 
Wayne Rooney has said. That's what Ronaldinho has said. Zlatan Mosala have said that he just he is. He's the greatest striker of all time. And you touched on it, Chase. It's his ability to score from absolutely nothing. Like what I said about Iniesta's passing, that goes for Ronaldo's scoring, where there's no chance to get a shot off even. And he does it, and it goes into the back of the net just the one player you knew was always going to deliver derailed by injuries, which obviously, you know, affected his peak, which is very sad, but still won two world cups during an era where national teams were fiercely competitive, has the respect of every single player of his era, every single player. Now there's nothing he couldn't do on the pitch. And yeah, if I need goals, then I'm going with Messi, Ronaldo and Ronaldo up front. Again, my midfield consisted of Maradona, Ronaldinho, Zinedine Zidane. My back four, Philip Lam, Roberto Carlos, Paulo Maldini, Franz Beckenbauer, and then Manuel Neuer in goal. So let me, let me, let me make a quick introduction here. <clears throat> now that we've, we've kind of wrapped things up a little bit. I want to know, obviously, I have no qualms with your attacking three because there's it's three out of the four of my yeah. attacking three. <laughs> um, but I want to know, as a Roma fan, why Francesco Totti did not make it. Ooh. Because I, I just knew that the public wouldn't agree. In my, in my <laughs> book, he is the greatest. He's the greatest footballer of all time in my book. And I have no problem defending that. But he when may I'm not he to may be not, objective, I am objective. He may not have, per se, the numbers of some of the other midfielders out there. But the, the longevity and the, and the consistency of Totti was was mildly unmatched in a midfielder situation. So I Look, if- we can do a whole podcast on him. He carried a mid-level franchise to the greatest glory ever seen. He revolutionized the false nine role, brought it well, back into popularity. I no, wasn't was talking about nine goal on. Okay. I'm going to stop, but yes, he was, he's on the bench. He's a 60 minute sub. He's a 60 oh. minute sub. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking out in 60 minutes. Oh, Maradona. Uh, Maradona needs a line at 60, so he's coming <laughs> <up>. <laughs> All right, Dom. Let's let's wrap it up. Let's hear the, let's hear the starting 11. All right, so finishing off with my attack. Some pretty uh, bold choices here by me. So my false nine, I have the current Raheem greatest. Mid- no, close. He, he, he's a reserve. He's not on the bench. He's, he's a reserve. Okay. <laughs> so... My false nine slash center attacking midfield is the current best midfielder in the world in Kevin De Bruyne. Okay. Yeah. I, I think we're, we're watching a legend right now. I mean, today he just scored four goals casually against, against the wolves. Like the goal, the goals that he scored today, it, it looked like he, he didn't even have to put in any effort. Um, I, I think he's one of the greatest premier league midfielders of all time. I think he's currently the best midfielder in the world. Um, so that's my, False nine attacking midfield. Over on the left, another little controversial choice. I got Ronaldinho over on the left. He can play midfield. He can play wing. Yeah. He's too good not to leave out. He, he's over on the left. On the right, I you have to have Messi in your lineup at some point. Um, so I have him over on the right. You can really play him anywhere. You can put him on the right. You can put him on the left. You can put him on false nine. You can't really go wrong. As long as he's on the field, you're going to be pretty fine. And then wrapping things up at striker, I got Sergio Aguero. I knew it! I knew it! Yeah, I, knew it. I, I didn't know it. you were going to be that bad. Pretty, uh, All right. <laughs> I, I think that was to be expected by me. I mean, as a City fan, I mean, he, he's, he's, the, he's the best. He's the club leader in goals. He's a Premier League leader in goals. He leads every statistical category for 
the Premier League when it comes to goals, goals per minute or uh, goals per game. Just across the board, he owns literally every single record in the Premier League. He's the guy that really made me fall in love with soccer. I mean, he delivered one of the greatest moments in Premier League history, definitely oh, yeah. in City's history. The greatest, the greatest. Yeah. Easily. So well, thanks for calling it soccer, Dom. Now we're canceled. Now our starting 11s <laughs> don't even mean anything. Landon Donovan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put him on the bench. Can you, can you imagine if we put one of us put Landon Donovan in? <laughs> oh God! Go to Clint yeah. Dempsey up front. <laughs> Greatest Fulham striker to ever play the game. But I do think I do think Aguero, while obviously wasn't my pick, but I don't think that's an like undefensible pick. I think he, like you said, he has the stats to back it up. He proved it in the biggest moments for the club teams. The national team can't be saved, but yeah, yeah. When you don't give Gonzalo Higuain a fighting chance at the national level, the whole the whole organization is going to go down. So compared to him, R nine looks like skinny Ronaldo. <laughs> well, Gonzalo should have been in my starting eleven. I should I should revamp my starting eleven, take out Fat Ronaldo, and put on Gonzalo Higuain. That could be in our like unsung heroes starting eleven. <laughs> I think that well, ne- next week we'll okay, do yeah, 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 next time we do. <laughs> I, I would do that in a heartbeat. There's so many players that I, I would have a just lot of players. Love. I think never yeah. got their plaudits. Absolutely. Yeah. I but these were some solid lineups, though. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, Dom. I'm a little questionable on the Sergio Aguero pick as all-time greatest striker to ever play the game of football. All-time prime I mean, greatest striker. I'll give you that. But I mean, the Premier League is the best league in the world. If you're the best striker in the best league in the world, it's kind of. Kind of, kind of a big statement even there. even then it's hard for me to not say that Wayne Rooney or Didier Drogba were not up there on the level of Sergio Aguero. Although Sergio had the better stats as a striker, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I, I mean, I like it, I like it. I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying uh, there's, there's a lot of players out there. And oh, there, there, there's a lot. Man City players. <laughs> I only had two. I only had two on my. That's fair. I had I had four Barcelona players. So yeah, you had a lot of Barcelona <laughs> players. <laughs> I didn't have any Chelsea players. How dare I? Do you want to make a quick sub, real quick? Who's who's coming on in the seventy fifth minute? Gonzalo Higuain. <laughs> <laughs> he, he played. played he, played, he played. He played nine games. <laughs> I, I might have averaged fifteen minutes. <laughs> didn't score a goal. We can go with Alvaro Morata too, if you want. I don't. No, but if we're, if we're going Chelsea off the bench, it's to do. Especially uh, off the bench. If yeah, I need a goal the... with three minutes to go, Didier Drogba's the man. If, always. If you, need, if you need a goal, it's Didier Drogba. If you're just wrapping up a game, I'm putting Frank. Yeah, okay. that's fair. I mean, Lampard, great prem midfielder. I mean, I would say probably the best, depending on how wet the pitch is, maybe Gerard, but that's debatable. <laughs> And if the pitch is really wet, then Baba is the greatest striker of all time. So. <laughs> <Yeah>, very true. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that wraps fun. up. Mm-hmm. This was fun. I like this. This was yeah. fantastic. I love this. Yes. Yeah. This this is great. But that wraps up this episode of On the Pitch. Want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, want to thank Chase and Zach for coming on for another episode. This was fun. We definitely should do a part two because there's definitely a lot of players that we left off of our starting 11s. Maybe next time we do who's a, who's on our bench and who are the reserves. <laughs> going to be a lot more bias in the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, that I can really let go. <laughs> a little yeah. bit. 
All right. Well, thanks again, guys, for coming on. And as always, we will see you in the next one. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of On The Pitch. Make sure to follow On The Pitch Podcast DDS on Instagram. Also, don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And listen to any of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Catch you in the next one.